If you have your Bibles, go to Romans chapter 8. And last week I didn't uh, finish, so we're going to continue on. Thank you, Father. Before I get into my assignment this morning, I, if you came in, uh, if you got one of these. Interesting, this is interesting. At the top of it says Fort Worth Proclamation. Now, this isn't a, this isn't a church. This is a city. Okay. And this, this is, this is important. I believe this is, you know, we've been praying over our, our nation, um, our president over our city, um, over the Savelles, praying over a net and I over us as a church body every Wednesday night for about 30 minutes since the beginning of the year in our time of corporate prayer. And, and I believe these are some manifestations to some of the things that we've been, we've been praying. Amen. Amen. How many believe that, that the world needs Jesus? <laughs> that would be the understatement, right? Not just the world, but our city needs Jesus. Amen. I, and I, I declare that, that Fort Worth is the, is the best city in the nation. Now, I, I, I know we've been classified here recently that we have the number one zoo in the nation, but I don't want to be known for the number one zoo in the nation. I, I want to be known as the, as the number one place where people go to experience God. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's, I'm going to read this and, um, I believe this is important because it's, uh, like I said, I believe it's a God thing. So let's see Fort Worth proclamation office of the mayor. It says, whereas the COVID-19 pandemic had brought illness and death to many residents of Fort Worth, and whereas the COVID-19 pandemic has caused great economic harm, putting people out of work, closing businesses, bringing hunger and hardship to many residents of Fort Worth, and whereas the COVID-19 pandemic interrupted the education of the children in Fort Worth and put our educators at risk, and whereas the COVID-19 continues to spread throughout Fort Worth, and whereas the best human efforts have not yet found a cure. And whereas throughout the history, now listen to this, whereas throughout the history of Fort Worth, the state of Texas and our nation, people have turned to God in prayer to bring healing and deliverance where human efforts have failed. Remember, this isn't a church, this is the city. Whereas August 19th, 2020 shall be designated as Pray Fort Worth Day. A day of prayer for the eradication of COVID-19 from the city of Fort Worth. And whereas residents of Fort Worth are encouraged to pray in place, whether at home, at work, or at school, at the noon hour on August 19th, 2020. And whereas houses of faith are encouraged to ask their people to pray. Wherever they are at noon on August 19th, 2020. And whereas all are encouraged, now listen to this, whereas all are encouraged to unite in prayer, humbling asking God to eradicate COVID-19 and heal Fort Worth. Now listen to this last thing. Whereas, now listen to this, let us also rededicate ourselves to bringing healing to the sick, comfort to the brokenhearted, help to the needy, wisdom to our children, hope to the hopeless and unity to the city of Fort Worth. Wow. 
Hallelujah. Now, therefore, the city of Fort Worth does hereby proclaim Wednesday, August 19th, 2020 as pray Fort Worth day. Now in the small print under that, it says, now listen to this in the testimony whereof we have hereunto set our hands and caused the official seal of the city of Fort Worth, Texas to be affixed this 19th day of August AD 2020. Now, not only that, but if you look at the bottom, you have signatures of every city councilman, the service manager and the mayor. You know, what you're seeing here is something that Dr. Zavell has preached to us for years is we are seeing a, a worldly institution do a prayer petition. And what Dr. Travell says is that, that a prayer petition is, is one of the strongest types, strongest prayers you can pray. Hallelujah. You know, I, I think so, so this is a, this is a natural institution that's releasing all the city of Fort Worth to rededicate ourselves to bringing healing to the sick, comfort to the brokenhearted, help to the needy. What did Jesus, Jesus said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, to heal the brokenhearted. See, this is, this, what they don't understand is, is the fact that this is, this is God stepping into our city. Amen. It's now you're having the authority and the natural to give the, give the spiritual authority of the people within the city to take that position and place of authority within our city. Hallelujah. This is, this is exciting spiritually. Hallelujah. So this coming Wednesday here at Heritage of Faith at the noon hour, we'll, we'll open up at 1145, but I want to invite you if you're able to, if your, your schedule allows to be here at noon, be here before noon on that Wednesday. And we're going to pray and we're going to align ourselves with what the leaders of our community have asked us to do. And, and we're going to come in agreement and pray over our city. Amen. Amen. So I, I want to encourage you, if you're able to, join us here. Uh, so the doors open 1145 and we'll pray and, and you can you stay as long as you like, you know, like to pray. Okay. Amen. I think it's exciting. I think, I think it's exciting. So no matter where you are, like it said, if you're, it said, I encourage you to pray in place, whether at home, at work, at school, at the noon hour. Maybe if you have to step out of your office real quick and tell, say, I need to go to my car real quick. <laughs> I got to go do something or pray in your cuba, whatever it is. But I'm telling you, there's power in agreement. There's power in prayer. And prayer is, you know, the word says where two or three are gathered, there he is in the midst of them. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Let's, let's go to Romans 8. And I'm going to do a little bit of a review. And I told Annette, I said last night, I said, I don't, I, I don't think I'm still going to finish this message tomorrow. But hallelujah. So the Lord's will be done. What's said today. And this is a scripture that's really continued to go off on the inside of my heart. Uh, since before, since COVID took, took place and 
And I think it's something that we as believers constantly need to be centered on. Romans 8, 6 says, for to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. So no matter where you're going, what you're facing, you have to understand that where I need to be as a believer is I need to be spiritually minded in a situation, not carnally minded in the situation. If I want to see life and peace flow in my life, then I need to get over here on, on the way God does things. Right? Sake of time, we'll go down to verse, uh, verse 10. It says, and if Christ be in you, say in me. The body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, say dwell in you. He that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you. Say dwelleth in me. You see, this same spirit dwells in you is that same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. I think you could call that revival. I think you could, I think we could call that revival and, and, and you understand this is not a, a spiritual revival that necessarily that we're talking about does deals with that, but it said that it will quicken your mortal body, meaning this, meaning, meaning his spirit has the ability to move this, his, his, his spirit has the ability to, to move me in direction. It has the ability to move me in decisions. It has the ability to move me and it, it has the ability to do a creative miracle in my body. It has the ability to do things. But see, that's why I have to be spiritually minded because it's being spiritually minded that I step into life in peace. You have to understand what's on the inside of you as a believer. Let's go to uh, Ephesians chapter one. Actually, I'm not Ephesians two. Sorry. I didn't go here in the first service last week. I did in the second service. And I want you to see this. Ephesians 2, verse 21. It says, In whom all the building fitly framed together groweth unto a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you also are builded together you are built together for a habitation of God through the Spirit. So it's through the Spirit, so I can read it this way. It's through the Spirit that I have been made, that we've been made a habitation for God. Yes. Just, just hold your hands out like this for a moment and say, I am God's habitation. <laughs> now let's go to Ezekiel 37. Ezekiel 37. Last week, we also talked about an inheritance, that we have this inheritance. Not only have been chosen by God, we've been adopted, but we also had this inheritance. And we learned what that inheritance is, that it is the seal of the Holy Spirit, the, 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 the promise of the Spirit, that seal. So his Spirit on our lives is our guarantee. It is, it is our thing that puts his seal on us that I'm God's. Amen. Now let's look at this in verse 25 and then we'll get into some new stuff this morning. And they shall dwell in the land that I have given unto Jacob, my servant, 
wherein your fathers have dwelt, and they shall dwell therein, even they and their children, their children's children forever. And my servant David shall be their prince forever. And we know that we, that was referring to the Messiah. Moreover, I will make a covenant of peace with them. I mean, feel like the sound of that, a covenant of peace. That's yours. You have, you have a covenant of peace. And it shall be an everlasting covenant with them. And I will place them and multiply them. And I will set my sanctuary in the midst of them forever. So part of this covenant of peace is understanding that I will set my sanctuary in the midst of them. Remember, it's not that I want to place them in my sanctuary, but I want to place my sanctuary in the midst of them. My, and that word sanctuary is holy place. Then he says this, my tabernacle, the word tabernacle is dwelling place. My dwelling place shall also be with them. Where I dwell will be with them. See, this is part of that covenant of peace that we have. Yea, I will be their God and they shall be my people. And the heathen shall know, the heathen shall know. Ungodly people will know that, I'm the, that I, the Lord, do sanctify you when my sanctuary shall be in the midst of you forevermore. Meaning the rest of the world is going to know something because of the fact that, that, that I place my sanctuary in the midst of them. Meaning there's something different about Joseph because of what's on the inside of Joseph. Revival. Revival is about transformation. Revival is recovery of life. Revival is a reawakening to a spiritual fervor, a spiritual hunger. And as I continue to communicate, I'm sowing seeds of revival. You know what? And I reap what I sow. God reaps what he sows. Revival. Revival is understanding one that we require him. If I, if I need and if I want transformation in my life, it's, it's going to come from him. I want you to understand the importance of his dwelling with us. I think sometimes we, we come to church and we have an idea of that. I remember making Jesus the Lord of my life and I didn't, when I, when it took place, I knew there was a change that took place down the inside of me and I couldn't explain it, what, what it was, but there was this, there was this hunger that I wanted to be in God's house. There was this desire that I, I want to experience what I experienced that day that my life was transformed. But because of the busyness of life and because of everything that we have to do day in and day out, we, we kind of lose that hunger because I think we kind of take for granted the fact of who is dwelling with us. Go to Exodus chapter 29. And when I sat down to continue to prepare for this week, I thought I was just going to just take off with some of this other transformation aspect. And 
the more I got into, the more I, I sensed the Holy Spirit wanted me to continue to build within you an understanding of God's desire and the, God's desire to dwell with us, but the reality of his presence in us. Exodus chapter 29, verse 42. It says, this shall be a continual burnt offering throughout your generations at the door of the tabernacle of the congregation before the Lord, where I will meet with you to speak there unto you. Look to your neighbor and say, God wants to meet with you. The question is, do you want to meet with him? <laughs> Verse 43, it says, and there, there I will meet with the children of Israel and the tabernacle shall be sanctified by my glory. And I will sanctify the tabernacle of the congregation in the altar. And I will sanctify also both Aaron and his sons to minister to me in the priest's office. Now get this. And I will dwell among the children of Israel and I will be their God. And they shall know that I am the Lord, their God, that brought them forth out of the land of Egypt, that I may dwell among them. I am the Lord, their God. Now, what I want you to see here in this is the fact that he said, he said in verse 46, he says, and they shall know that I am the Lord, their God that brought them forth out of Egypt. I brought them out of Egypt. I brought them out of bondage, but it was for a purpose. See, what does Egypt represent? It represents the world system. What does Egypt rep represent? It represents bondage. It represents torment. It represents fear. And he says, I brought them out of Egypt. Then it says that. Now he's going to tell us the reason and he's going to tell us the purpose on why they were brought out of Egypt. He said, I brought them out of the land of Egypt that I may dwell among them. He, he, he brought you out of your Egypt. Not so you could say one day I'm going to heaven. He brought you out of Egypt so you could, so he could dwell among you. He brought them out of bondage. Not just so you could say I'm free now. He brought you out so he could dwell with you. He brought you out so you could experience him. He brought you out so you could know him. He brought them out so they could know him just like Abraham knew him. And so often God may have brought us out of our Egypt, but all of a sudden what happens is we end up moving Egypt to somewhere else. And we forget the whole reason that we invited Jesus into our life to begin with wasn't just so now we could call ourselves saved. We, we invited Jesus into our lives so he could dwell, not just with us, but he could dwell in us. John 17, I believe, sums up the, 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 reward, the, the understanding of what, why Jesus came was this. He said, what is it? He says, what is eternal life? 
And see, we had this idea of, of dancing on clouds and little cherubim feeding us grapes and, and all this understanding, playing harps and, and, and all streets of gold and, and all those things are amazing. But the thing is, he says, he goes, what is eternal life? It's to know, to know, to know, be intimate with. The word know is where we get our word. A lack of a better term to understand is intercourse. The same thing of a husband and wife coming together to know the one true living God and Jesus Christ whom he has sent. What is eternal life? It's to know God. What is, what is eternal life? It is the life of God perpetual. It's the life of God without limitation or limits. Eternal, something that does not have an ending. Zoe, life, life. It's, it's such an amazing thing that you can't even define it with words. You can't define it with, with any English words. Life. It's, it's such a small word in, in, in our natural English Western understanding. But all they could say, it's the God kind. But knowing this, that is what, that to know, what is eternal life? It's to know God. It's to be interly interconnected to him. And this was the whole reason he said, I'm bringing them out of Egypt that I might dwell among them. He brought you into his kingdom so he could have relationship with you. Tell you, don't settle for where you've been. Don't settle for experiences of days gone by. Be hungry, hungry to know him. Be hungry to realize that the whole purpose that he brought me into his kingdom was that I could dwell with him and he could dwell with me. Why? Because he desired to place his sanctuary in the midst of them. We are the temple of the living God. Amen. Man, put your hand on your heart and say, God dwells in me. Thank you, Father. He desires to dwell among you, among us. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Go to Psalms chapter 114. I want to continue to unpack this because I want you to see that we see this connection throughout scriptures with the children of Israel coming out of Egypt. Psalms 114. Verse 1 says, when Israel went out of Egypt. Now, we just saw where he took them out of Egypt so that, they, he, that he might dwell among them. Now, it says, when Israel went out of Egypt, the house of Jacob from a people of a strange language. Mm. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Verse 2 says, Judah was his sanctuary and Israel his dominion. Judah was his sanctuary. 
We see once again, he, he says, when Israel went out of Egypt, the house of Jacob from a people of a strange language, Judah was the place that he would dwell. Judah was his sanctuary. Not, not his sanctuary was Judah's, Judah's place, but, but that God would take his sanctuary, that Judah is his sanctuary. I want you to see the church is so much bigger than what they've known themselves to be. The church is so much greater than what we've been. The church is his sanctuary. Now the church, I'm not talking about four walls. I'm talking about the people. I'm talking about you and me. When Israel went out of Egypt, the house of Jacob from a people of a strange language, Judah was his sanctuary and Israel his dominion. Now get this. The sea saw it and fled. Jordan was driven back. The mountains skipped like rams and the little hills like lambs. What ailed you, O thou sea that fled? Thou Jordan that was driven back? You mountains that you skip like rams and you little hills like lambs. Verse 7, tremble thou earth. At the presence of the Lord, at the presence of the God of Jacob, which turned the rock into standing water and the flint into a fountain of water. Wow. Thank you, Father. You see, it's, it's in his sanctuary. It's in his presence that those natural things changed. It was in his presence that the Jordan was split. It's in the presence that this took place. And it was in that presence that he turned a rock into standing water and flint into the fountains of water. And he is on the inside of you. Judah is my sanctuary. Judah is the place that I choose to set my name and I choose to set myself. Thank you, Father. Let's go to Haggai chapter 2. Hallelujah. You see, when that presence trembled, what we, we saw that water came out of a rock. You, you, you could say that, that that's transformation. You see, I mean, think about it for a moment. This presence... That fountains flowed out of a flint, that water flowed out of a rock. See, a revival. Think about that's that rock was transformed to being something that that just was just had nothing within it. To all of a sudden, now fountains flowed out of it. That's revival. See, when God hits something, transformation takes place. When God speaks, transformation takes place. That, that's revival. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Haggai chapter 2. I'm going to read in the Amplified. Verse 3 says, Who is left among you who saw this house in its former glory? And how did you see it? And how do you see it now? Is not this in your sight as nothing in comparison to that? Thank you, Father. Who is left among you who saw this house in its former glory? And how do you see it now? Is not this in your sight as nothing as compared to comparison to that? 
Yet now be strong, alert, and courageous, O Zerubbabel. And that's a prophetic word for the coming Messiah. It says, say the Lord, be strong, alert, and courageous, O Joshua, son of Jehoiadak, the high priest. And be strong and alert and, and courageous, all you people of the land, says the Lord, and work. So be courageous and work. Why? For I'm with you, says the Lord of hosts. I'm with you. See, he's prophesying about something to come. And he's talking about there's something that's not going to be able to compare. There's going to be no comparison to the former house and the latter house. This is getting a little prophetic with you for just a moment, okay? He says, for I'm with you, says the Lord, according to the promise that I covenanted with you when you came out of Egypt. Now, now think about it. We just saw, what did he covenant with them? I brought them out of Egypt for one reason, that I may dwell among them. And what does he say here? I want you to work. Why? For I'm with you, says the Lord of hosts, according to the promise that I covenanted with you when I came out of Egypt. So my spirit stands and abides in the midst of you. So this same covenant in this latter house, in this, in this future time, when Zerubbabel, the Messiah is going to come. Now he's saying, he goes, he goes, that same covenant, my spirit is going to stand and abide on the inside of you. My spirit is going to stand and abide on the inside of you. I really want you to see that as we live in this and, and you, you came out of darkness into light, not just so you could say you're saved. You came out of darkness into light so you could be light. To my, that my spirit, my spirit would stand. I love that. My spirit stands and abides. In the midst of you. Fear not. For, th- for thus says the Lord of hosts. Yet once more. In a little while. I will shake. And make tremble the heavens. The earth. The sea. And the dry land. And I will shake all nations. And the desire and the precious things of all nations. Shall come in. And I will fill this house with splendor. Says the Lord of hosts. The silver is mine. The gold is mine, says the Lord of hosts. The latter glory of this house with its successor to to which Jesus came shall be greater than the former, says the Lord of hosts. And in this place will I give peace and prosperity, says the Lord of hosts. Greater. So this spirit that stands and abides in the midst of you, it's going to shake some things. It's going to shake some things. It's going say it's going to shake some things. Just bear with me. Hallelujah. Some of you are like, that is deep. You're like, you lost me, Pastor. Just Just hang on, all right? I think religion has short-circuited the the believer's power. See, we just see, well, just that that little church on the back road in Crowley. I don't know about you, 
but God dwells in me. God dwells in me. Thank you, Father. Where do you want to go next, Lord? Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Go to Zechariah chapter 2. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Revival is about transformation. Now, now think about that. Just hold your place in Zechariah 2. Think about this spirit, this presence would tremble the heavens and the earth. So the desire of precious, precious things of all nations will come in and I'll fill this house with splendor. What are precious things of nations? People. People. God doesn't measure his wealth with gold. He measures his wealth with people. So, so this, this spirit that's standing and abiding in the midst of them, this, this spirit would shake the heavens and the earth. This spirit would cause the precious things of all nations to come in. And it says, I'll fill this house with splendor. The silver is mine. The gold is mine. The latter glory of this house shall be greater than the former. And all this is coming on the backs of, of this. My spirit will stand and abide in the midst of you. Mm. Thank you, Father. Let's look at verse 10 of Zechariah chapter 2. He says, sing and rejoice, O daughter of Zion. See, now he's talking to the church. Sing and rejoice, O daughter of Zion, for lo, I come. And I will dwell in the midst of thee. Shout, daughter of Zion, for I come. I come. And I will dwell in the midst of thee, says the Lord. And many nations shall be joined to the Lord in that day. Many nations. And, and shall be my people. And I will dwell in the midst of thee. And thou shalt know that the Lord of hosts has sent me unto you. And the Lord shall inherit Judah, his portion in the holy land. And shall choose Jerusalem again. Be silent, O all flesh, before the Lord. For he is raised up out of his holy habitation. Meaning God is standing up because he's about to go get somebody. (laughs) We're in the last days. But the church needs to understand God's covenant promise that I am in the midst of them. You, I wish you could see I wish you could see who you are in the spirit. I'm telling you, when you understand that God's in the midst of you, and you understand that God's on your side, that he's for you, when you understand that, I refuse to go back to Egypt. See, everything's... Now, let's go to the next chapter because he starts his next chapter with and. 
says, and he showed me Joshua. What does Joshua represent? It represents a people that went out of Egypt that were now going into a promised land. You and I represent a Joshua. And he showed me Joshua, the high priest standing before the angel of the Lord and Satan standing at his right hand to resist him. So Satan's going to try to resist him. And the Lord said to Satan, the Lord rebuke you. (laughs) Oh, Satan, even the Lord that had chosen Jerusalem rebuke you. Is not this a brand plucked out of the fire? Now, Joshua was clothed with filthy garments and stood before the angel. Now, hear this. Now, Joshua was clothed with filthy garments and stood before the angel for the angel. And he answered and spoke unto those that stood before him, saying, take away the filthy garments from him. And unto him, he said, behold, I have caused thine iniquities to pass from thee, and I will close thee and change your raiment. See, now we're seeing a transformation. You see, that's revival. So my spirit that is going to stand in midst and inside of you, that this spirit that I'm going to dwell among you, that, that I'm telling you, you have been transformed and you have been changed. God's spirit lives big on the inside of me. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Let's go to John chapter 14. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Revival is about transformation. Hallelujah. Verse 15, it says, If you love me, keep my commandments. And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. Even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it sees him not, neither knows him. But you know him, for he dwelleth with you and will be in you. Say that with me. He will dwell in me and with me. Jesus goes on to say, I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. Now, now I want you to see this, that, that his spirit abiding on the inside of you brings about transformation. See, this, this, is, this is what you and I have to really understand that his spirit lives on. Jesus, Jesus goes on in the next chapter and he says, it's expedient that I go away. Meaning, I have to go away. It's, it's to your advantage that I go away because if I don't go away, the Holy Spirit can't come. His spirit lives on the inside of you. This was his promise from the very beginning. This was God's desire when he created Adam and Eve from the very beginning, that God could walk and talk with them in the cool of the day, that God would be able to be with them. So when he brought them out of Egypt and brought brought the children of Israel out of Egypt, his whole point was, I want to dwell with them. And we see it, we see it throughout scripture. I could go all through, through the Old Testament and show you scripture, the chapter after chapter where God's desire is like, I want to dwell with you. I want to dwell with you. Tell you, it's not just a, a, a religion I ascribe to. It's, it's being connected to him. 
Jesus said, I will not leave you comfortless. Go to Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1. Thank you, Father. Sorry, Acts chapter 2. Thank you, Father. Verse 33 says, Being therefore lifted high into his right, right hand of God, and having received from the Father the promised blessing of the Holy Spirit, he has made this outpouring which you yourselves both see and hear. So Jesus promised that the Spirit would not only be with them, but be in them. And now, he, now it says here that they received from the Father the promised Holy Spirit. He has made this outpouring, which you both see and hear. They saw it and they heard it. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. For the sake of time, go to verse 39. For the promise, Amplified says, For the promise of the Holy Spirit is to and for you and your children and to all that are far away. So this promise is to and for you, your children, to all that are far away, and to for as many as the Lord our God invites and bids to come to himself. The Holy Spirit has not passed away. The Holy Spirit has not been taken away. The Holy Spirit is a promise. And it is to and for them. It was for all those far away, talking about distance and time. And it's also to all those that will believe on his name. Are st- people still believing on his name? Then that means his spirit is continued to be something that dwells on the inside of us. Amen. I'm telling you, this spirit, the, Holy, the person of the Holy Spirit, Deborah, is all about revival. The Holy Spirit is all about revival. If you look at the work of the Holy Spirit throughout Scripture, He constantly was present to transform things. In Samuel's day, it said when the anointing came upon Him, the Spirit came upon Him, He turned into another man. The Spirit. See, when you encounter the Spirit of God, I'm telling you, that is the seat for change. It is the seat for transformation. I see this and I see this in Jacob's life when Jacob wrestled with the angel of God. And as he wrestled with the angel of God, he wrestled with the spirit of God. And what happened? He said, I'm not going to let you go until you bless me. And what he said, he changed his name to Israel when he was in that presence. It put him into a place where it totally brought revival into his life. When the spirit of God, you know, he came, came upon Elijah, he ran for 40 days in the strength of that spiritual food that he ate. Why? Because the spirit of God is always about bringing revival, always bringing about transformation. God does not want to leave you where you are. God does not want, where you, want you to stay where you've been. God wants to resurrect things. He wants to place new dreams on the inside of you. He wants to you start prophesying new things, speaking new things. So in the last days, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh and my sons and my daughters will prophesy. We as spirit filled believers need to stand up and start prophesying some things, speaking some things, declaring his presence in the earth. 
the Holy Spirit. Now, just I'll close with this. I'm not finished, but the disciples. There was a time frame, what my research, from the time that Jesus was praying in the garden to approximately the time that the Holy Spirit was poured out was anywhere between 55 and 60 days. Now, 60 days before Peter stood up to preach, that last week of Jesus' life, here you have the disciples, they're arguing about who's the greatest. They're arguing about who's the greatest. They're here, they're with Jesus, the Messiah, and they're worried about who's the greatest. They were prideful. They were arrogant. Some of them were consumed with themselves. Some of them were fearful. Some of them could, couldn't, couldn't release faith in, in Jesus if, if, if they, they had to see it. Thomas. And I could go through the list of this, but think about 60 days. They went from being this, this natural people, even, even after Jesus had, had, uh, had, had, had ascended. Here they are, they go to the upper room, and yet it wasn't until that spirit was poured out, all of a sudden, they totally were transformed. Transformed. Within 60 days, they went from this, this, the type of people that they were to people that were, they went from just turning their, uh, their nets upside down to turning cities upside down. Now, now, now the thing that they went from, like I said, they went from being the fishermen to, to, to being world changers in three years, but really the transformation just took place in 60 days, but it wasn't until the spirit of God until what Jesus promised, not only would he be with you, but he'd be in you. You have revival on the inside of you. My question, I got more stuff to go. My question as I close is, will you release revival? Will you release revival? You have the spirit of God. God just didn't pull you out of Egypt so you could say you're saved. God pulled you out of Egypt so he could dwell in you. And transform you so you could transform your world. Revival. I'm telling you, his, his, the Holy Spirit is such a gentleman. The Holy Spirit is precious. The Holy Spirit. Jesus was talking about it in natural means and he said, if you being evil, know how to give, give good gifts unto your children. You being evil know how to give good gifts. That word good gifts means a treasure that exceeds. If you know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more, how much more would the Heavenly Father give the gift of the Holy Spirit? I tell you, the Holy Spirit is a treasure that exceeds. And if you open your heart to it, you will see revival and you will be transformed. Stand to your feet.
Thank you, Father. Oh, Father, I thank you for your goodness. I thank you that we are your dwelling place. I'm so grateful, Lord, that you do not, you do not dwell with temples made with hands anymore, but you dwell on the inside of human hearts. I thank you for your spirit that transforms. I thank you for your spirit that transforms. Your spirit that makes alive. I thank you for revival. I thank you for your spirit flowing in this place today. I thank you for the anointing that breaks every yoke and removes every burden. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Just pray in the Holy Ghost. Kebrasta la boku shukotur la boku shukotur la bai. Jele boku shukotur la baba bakete re de 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 Shoyada bokushende le de 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 bogotur raboso. Shayida basum brege de 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 gi shukotur rabai. Ela botur robogotur robogo shukotur rabai. Yezala mando rogotur ramamaya. Eyando logo shukotur radede de 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 ishi. Zelebo shembrende de 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 gi shukotur raboso. Zerebetelene mando rogo shukotur rabai. Oh, Sharama Mandere de Isho so, Jorogo Shetere de Gishi Senamaya, Oh, Ramandere de Gisho Tor Roboso Tor Rabaya, El Robo Shendele Gitando Rogoso Kotor Rabaya, Oh, Lamason de Registo Koso Tor Rabaya. Hallelujah, Hallelujah. I thank you that you dwell with us and in us. Lord, I thank you that we step, Father, we step into your word. We step into what you desire to do in the earth in this hour. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. In Haggai 2, once again, it says, I will stand and abide in the midst of them. And he talked about the former glory, the latter glory. And, but in Hebrews, it says this. Then at Mount Sinai, his voice shook the earth. But now he's given a promise. He's given a promise. Yet once more, I will shake and make tremble. Not only the earth, but also the heavens. Now this expression yet once more indicates the final removal and transformation. The Amplified says, the final removal and transformation of all that can be shaken. 
that is of that which, that which has been created, in order that that cannot be shaken may remain and continue. Let us therefore receive a kingdom that's firm, stable, and cannot be shaken. Offer to God pleasing service, acceptable worship with modest and pious care and godly fear and awe. For our God is a consuming fire. These are the last days. And we're right on the urge of the verge of things shaking. Things are shaking, but there's a spiritual shaking and it's going to bring about a transformation and it's going to come by his spirit and by his power. Thank you, father. Hallelujah. Let's be awake. Let's be awake to what's on the inside of us. If you've been, if you've gone back to Egypt, I'm telling you, get a revelation that God wants to dwell in you to take you to a promised land. If you've gone back to things that you know you don't, if you, if you've kind of been dull in your Christianity and, and there's a joy that's left your heart and there's an excitement that's left your heart for the things of God, it's time for you to tap into the spirit of God that's on the inside of you. I'm telling you, he will transform you from the inside out. Just lift your hands and say, Father, I received this word today. I received this seed into my heart. And it is producing revival. I'm being transformed. My church is being transformed. And my community is being transformed. Because of your word. In Jesus' name. Amen. Give him a shout of praise. Amen.